This episode is brought to you by the Full Focus Planner, recently named Best Daily Planner by Forbes.com. Created by Michael Hyatt and Megan Hyatt Miller, the Full Focus Planner is your ticket to greater clarity and unparalleled productivity. It's already helped over 200,000 achievers reach their most ambitious goals. And now it's your turn. Get yours today at fullfocusplanner.com. Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt, and this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. Megan is off this week, but I'm joined by two of my very favorite colleagues. First of all, Jim Kelly, who's my executive assistant and has been working with me about four years. And then Nick Jaworski, who is our producer for Lead to Win. And also focus on this, our other podcast, in case you haven't visited that before. You'll definitely want to check that out. But welcome to both of you. Great to be here, Michael. So excited to be here talking about uh, something that I know is very important to you. Yes. We're going to be talking about sabbaticals, what they are, why they're important, how to take an appropriate sabbatical. So the reason I've got Jim here with me is because Jim is the one who basically helps me plan these sabbaticals so that when I'm away, I can really be focused on what I'm doing in my sabbatical and not have to worry about the office. And so he makes sure all that stuff's taken care of and and set up. And, And Jim himself has also taken at least one sabbatical, right, Jim? I did. I took one last year and then I'm due for another one in 2022. So next year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the way it works at Michael Hyde and company is we let um, our employees take a 30-day paid sabbatical once every three years. Mm -hmm. I myself, Mm -hmm. because I'm exploring... You know, I I have to take one every every year. I'm you know the the pioneer the in this. Yeah. <laughs> would you say let or make them take a sabbatical? I would say we make them take a sabbatical. Yeah, I think that's an important distinction. I do too. Nick, what has been your sabbatical experience? I, I think I mentioned this on the show last year, perhaps, but a couple years ago, after I'd been editing this show for a year or so, I went. I can take time off. I run my own podcasting company and I went, Michael, I can take time off. Why can't I take time? He's got so much more going on than I do. So it started off with doing two weeks and, and really struggling to even get the two. I remember telling clients like, oh, I'll be back on Friday for any problems. It's okay. Don't be scared. And then after that first time doing it, what I found out was that my clients actually really liked that I took time off because that meant that they took time off. Because right, because that meant that we were all prepared for this time. So they've been making podcasts every week, all year. And so we're gearing up for this July off. And then they got to take time off and they loved it. So then I started going, well, I'll do three weeks. And then last year I did all of July. And uh, it's only possible through saying there's no shame in taking time off. This is okay. It's encouraged. And I was like so like creatively productive during that the second half of that month after I decompressed. So for everyone out there listening, if you haven't thought about it, listen to the episode, give yourself a little bit of space to think about it, and then maybe at the end of this, we can convince you that it's worth it. Excellent. Okay, so I've asked Nick to kind of lead us through this conversation because uh, when we jumped on before we started recording, he was asking all these amazing questions, and I said, okay, <laughs> smarty pants, why don't you be the one that leads a conversation? <laughs> so that's what he's going to do. 
Sabbatical is often is a is a broad term. So I guess let's define our terms here. Uh, Michael, what is a sabbatical? And perhaps just as importantly, what is it not? Well, I suppose, you know, originally this comes from a Hebrew word that means to rest and to do no work. And so the, I, the place- I'm swear to, I swear I did not know that. This is so exciting. <laughs> Come on. I really did not. And I go, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like Sabbath. Yeah. Oh well, my gosh. At, <laughs> at any rate, where I've where I've been exposed to it the most is in the academic world. So I, I serve on the board of a seminary and sabbaticals are things that uh, professors regularly take, you know, or I wouldn't say regularly, I don't know how regularly, but they they it's pretty common for them to take that. But they also usually engage in some sort of project like, you know, writing a book or or doing something like that. And we're we're shifting the meaning a little bit. And I, by the way, I have in my early days of taking a sabbatical, that was kind of the the business case for it, is that I needed to get away to write a book. But today, I don't really consider that in my world, and, and everybody gets to define this how they want, but in my world, doing any kind of work on my time off is a no-no. And so I don't write books. I don't do any work. I don't think about work. I don't talk about work. I don't read books about work on my time off, and that includes my sabbatical. And I'm I'm pretty much unplugged for that entire time. So when I talk about a sabbatical, it's an extended time, more than a vacation. So whatever your typical vacation is, you know, whether it's a week or if it's two weeks, it's more time than that. But it doesn't have to be like an academic sabbatical where you might take, you know, an entire year off. Although that sounds pretty amazing. <laughs> now we're gonna, Jim, we're gonna get to this in a second. We're gonna yeah. talk about the hows. Uh, of doing this. So we're just going to mm-hmm. keep defining this a little bit. So I, I love the idea. You're taking time off. I've done it. It's the best. Everyone should try it. What are the benefits of this? And then we'll talk about how to do it. So Michael, okay. what, what are you seeing from this? And Jim, from your own sabbatical, you can share what are the benefits mm-hmm. of it? Yeah. Okay. So for me, the benefits are truly rest. You know, I think that most of us are running on empty mm-hmm. or with less gas in the tank than we think. And when we just need time to rest and recuperate, and the word I like best is rejuvenate. You know, that reminds me kind of of going to a spa where you leave more energized than when you came. So that's one huge benefit. Another benefit is that that it does change your perspective. You know, when you've got your nose to the grindstone and you're working hard day after day after day, you know, that's one perspective. It's a necessary perspective. But there is just something about pulling back and seeing the totality of your life and sort of the visceral recognition that work is only one way to orient your life. It's an important way, but it's only one domain of life. There's a lot of other domains as well. So rejuvenation, perspective, I think also just the adventure of it. You know, in our sabbaticals, we we try to do some fun things every time. Sometimes we've taken the entire 30 days and like one year we went to Europe, we landed at Amsterdam, took a plane to Vienna, and then we started driving west back across the Alps. Wow. And so we went, you know, to Austria and to Germany and to France and to Switzerland. And it was amazing. But that was a 30-day trip. Another time, we went to Italy for 30 days. And that was incredible. I cannot wait to get back to Italy. So we, we always do something that, that feels like adventure that uh, – and maybe this is a fourth benefit. But a sabbatical accesses or develops parts of your brain – that if you don't do this on a regular basis, if you don't rest, these parts of your brain just atrophy. You know, it, it, it causes you to, 
to employ new muscles almost. You know, it's like changing up your workout where you're thinking in different ways that will actually serve you very well when you come back to work. Mm. But I think that's the, the the thing that that's really helped me. That that final three or four days of my sabbatical, I couldn't wait to get back to work because I was so energized. I felt like, you know, I had something to contribute. The tank was full. I was ready to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jim, what about you? Yeah, Michael said rejuvenation was his word that he comes back to. And it's funny because mine is restorative. I felt like mm-hmm. my sabbatical was restorative. Um, it's to, to what Michael said that the coming back from a different perspective, I think is huge. And I see this on a day to day basis when I take like a 10 minute walk, you know, I'm walking around the neighborhood just to get away from work a little bit. I feel like when I come back from that 10 minute walk, that I feel like, uh, extremely focused. And because during that walk, I had some new ideas that I didn't have when I was working on the grindstone, working in, in the job. Um, so it was funny because last year when I took my sabbatical, uh, I came back from it extremely restored. And then about a weekend to, uh, coming back to work, Michael asked me, he said, Hey, Jim, how you doing? Because it seems like you're, you've leveled up your game. Your, your game is even at a higher level than it was before you left for your sabbatical. And I said, you're right, Michael. I, I came back fully restored and I have new ideas that I gained when I was away from work that I was able to apply during work. So it's restorative is what I come back to. You know, that's it's so interesting because uh, last year when I did my full month off, about two weeks into the process, I started making another podcast, mm. <laughs> which I know violates perhaps Michael's point about work, but th- it was different. Like I, I actually like, it was like deep thinking, reading work. It was the kind of creative work that I really love to do. And I had time and I just would like sit and read and I had my pencils and I would take notes and I would walk and I, it was so nice. <laughs> and it wasn't for business necessarily. It was something I really wanted to do and I had time and I wasn't even putting pressure on myself. I literally just found myself doing it. And it was so lovely to have that space. Well, Nick, that's that's totally legitimate. I don't want to make it sound like my <laughs> rules are the own, only rules. Yeah, my I rules know. are what work for me. But certainly academics who get away, they, they do that deep work that they can't do you know, during the hustle and bustle of the academic year when they're teaching students and grading papers and you know, mentoring and all that stuff. So yeah, that's totally legitimate. But I, But I will say that when you get away like that, it's pretty natural for you to think of new projects that you haven't thought of. And for me, I have to kind of back burner them or jot them down and just come back to them later. But that's, it's amazing time when you get away. It's amazing thought time. Yeah. Sometimes when Michael comes back from his sabbatical, we brace ourselves a little bit because (laughs) he'll come back with like 20 ideas, even though like he's not specifically thinking about the business when he's on sabbatical, he'll jot those ideas down and say, Hey, I think we should do this. Or have we thought about this? So sometimes when he comes back from his sabbatical, we're like, all right, what kind of projects does Michael have in his mind? (laughs) Everyone's afraid. It's like, uh, (laughs) It's like being in the shower, right? Like you yeah. have these ideas because you're not thinking about other stuff and your brain has time to yeah. ma- to assemble everything. Well, there is, a, there is a correlation and the research shows this between relaxation and creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very difficult to be creative when you're stressed. And I've heard it said in sports, particularly golf, that tension is the enemy of performance. And so mm. when you're tense, 
in the hustle bustle of daily life, it's very difficult to be creative. But when you get away or when you're in the shower or when you're off for a run or doing something that's relaxing, it's very natural for you to have a lot of creative ideas. Well, let, let's talk about the creation of the sabbatical here at Michael Hyatt and Company. When did you start taking them? When did uh, team members start getting them? And let's just hear, like, give us, both of you, let's just hear what you guys have done with these sabbaticals. What did you do with your time off? It all began when I transitioned from Thomas Nelson Publishers to Michael Hyatt and Company. So in the last year or so that I was uh, at Thomas Nelson, I was seeing a therapist because I knew I was about to make a big life transition. And I, as I talked about in a previous episode where we talked about succession, you know, I was sort of a, the recipient of a poorly executed transition or succession. And I didn't want that to happen. And I knew that a lot of that depended on me, you know, my state of mind and all that. So my therapist said to me, he said, you know, I think you're more tired than you think. And he said, I think you need some rest. And he said, I think you should take three months off before you even think about what's next. And I said to him, I mean, I was like aghast, like three months. I just thought that was incredulous. Like nobody, nobody in the history of the world's ever done that. I can't do that. You know, nobody willingly did that for sure. So he kind of made the case to me. And then we, we negotiated back and forth, which is kind of a funny thing negotiating with your therapist, but <laughs> anyway, I did. So I, I said, um, you know, I think I could do it for a month. And he said, okay, well, you know, that's a start. And so he said a month. By the way, this coming summer, 2021, I am taking almost three months off, but, you know, it only took me a decade to get there. <laughs> so John, if you're listening to this, you know, I'm finally getting there. But, but so that first one, I, I did take off. And I, that very first one, I really didn't do any work. You know, I wasn't writing a book. There was no book on the horizon. Gail and I went to some dear friends' home uh, up in Colorado. We were deep into the mountains at about 9,500 feet. And we just hiked every day and just enjoyed nature. And it was phenomenal. But that was the first time. By the way, we watched the entire season, how many ever seasons it was, of Friday Night Lights. No. <laughs> and so that that was basically the subject yeah. matter of that particular sabbatical. But it was it was amazing. It was magical. I mean, I still like if I close my eyes, I can see so many moments from that very first sabbatical. And of course, I journaled the whole thing, so I've I've got all that that I can go back to. But that's sort of the origin. And then it was a few years later as Megan and I were thinking through kind of the benefits package. How could we make a, an amazingly attractive benefits package for prospective employees? So that we had people knocking down our door to come to work for us. We said, well, gosh, why don't we offer this sabbatical, you know, and at least if we did it once every three years, you know, that would be amazing for our for our team. And I think, Jim, you would agree with this, but I think that's probably our most popular benefit to this day. Yeah, it was my most popular benefit uh, or my favorite benefit until the nine to three workday. I think that's <laughs> taken over. Um, the nine to three workday is right there, but then sabbatical is right next to it. Well, so, so Jim, what, what have you done? So you took a sabbatical two years ago, last year? I took it last year. So, so I'm a, a little bit of a weird case because I was due for it two years ago, but my son Grayson was born. Mm. So I deferred it a year. So I, I've kind of, I've kind of beat the system, you know, so because <laughs> I got paternity leave two years ago, which is six weeks at Michael Hyde and Company. I got a sabbatical last year. I'm having another kid this year. So I'm getting six weeks this year. Oh, and then I'm due for he... another sabbatical next year. So 
I don't You're giving up the that, game, Michael. Jim. Don't don't tell this to Michael. <laughs> I know. I kind of beat the system. So. Uh, but so what? What did you do? Uh, I know last year was kind of a strange summer for a sabbatical. But how, yeah. how did you spend your time? Yeah, it was a strange summer because we had these amazing plans booked that we we're going to go to California and we we're going to hike a half dome in California. And it's this amazing, amazing. If you don't know what it is, it's this amazing rock structure. And you climb up it and it's pretty intense. It's like a 10 mile hike and they have a waiting list on it and a lottery system to be able to, to hike it. And we got the lottery. We got on the list. So we were like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. But then uh, obviously with COVID and everything, we weren't able to go. So I was super intentional about my sabbatical. I don't know about you, Michael, but one of my questions that I have for you, Michael is like, what do you do? during a sabbatical because it sounds like you don't do a lot. So what do you actually do? Um, so I was super intentional about like, all right, what are the things that are going to be most restorative to me? And I, I wrote a, a list of about 20 things and then I calendared them. So maybe some of you <laughs> don't have the same personality as I do, but I like to calendar it because as Michael says, what gets scheduled gets done. So I created a list of, okay, I want to take a nap on these days. I want to go kayaking on these days. I want to go golfing on these days. I Wait, want to go time swimming. out, time out. Yeah. You included days that you were going to nap on on your calendar? Yeah, and that was pretty much every day. So that was a cr- <laughs> kind of a, a recurring task. <laughs> That's what I'm talking task. about. <laughs> that was a recurring task. But yeah, I had naps every day. I had golf, I think, on Thursdays. I had kayaking on Wednesdays. I had yoga on certain days. So everything, I took a bath on like Monday afternoons. <laughs> so I, I even got down to scheduling the movies that I hadn't seen, but are just classic movies. And I watched them on Tuesday mornings because when in your life, during your work life, are you going to watch classic movies on Tuesday mornings? My son was at daycare. I had the morning free, so yeah. I watched classic movies on Tuesday mornings. So that's what I do with my sabbatical. Okay. I got to comment on this because yeah. I'm the exact opposite. <laughs> like if I have stuff scheduled, then I don't feel like I'm taking time off. Yeah. So yeah. now I I do have things, but for some reason, as, as much as I love the calendar and as much as I say what gets scheduled gets done, yeah. when I put it on the calendar, it feels like I have to do it versus yeah. I get to do it. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, I mean, every year I have an educational project that I go through, you know, I'm trying to learn something. And so it could be photography, it could be guitar, which is going to be the, my focus this summer. But uh, but I'm not going to put it on the calendar, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll try your way, Jim. But for me, that's that makes it feel like an obligation, and I I don't like that. Jim, can I can I take a guess as to the something that is restorative to you is the control of your time? Is that it? To go, I want to do a thing, and now I'm doing the thing, and I was able to do it, and I had no push back and it's done yeah. like is that exciting for you yeah i love checking things off list so that's totally accurate and then all those things are restorative to me so i i loved waking up in the in the beginning of my day and saying all right what do i get to do today oh i get to go kayaking or i get to do yoga um so they didn't feel like obligations because left to my own devices if i didn't schedule it I think to use your language, Michael, I would drift into like four weeks of like, what the heck did I do during my sabbatical? Yeah. Whereas then 
if I scheduled it, then I could look back and be like, wow, I kayaked 14 times or I took four baths. Okay, so look, sabbaticals are awesome. <laughs> we, we've, we've established that. Now we have to talk about how. So there's a couple of ways we can think about how. There, if you run your own company, how in some ways is an easier pitch because um, you have some control, but also it might feel like it's harder because you're in charge. And how can you be gone for a month or two weeks or whatever, however long it is? Um, although I think, Michael, if I'm correct, we're thinking sabbatical as as longer than a vacation. Is that a correct? Right. Although yeah. I I think you know for people that are not taking a vacation, that would be a great first step. And if <laughs> yeah. you're used to taking one week vacations, stretch yourself and do a two week vacation. Then maybe the next year you do a three week vacation. And I've had clients that have have approached it in that way. Yeah. So let's talk about the how now, uh, Jim. Let's start with you actually. So you know, of course, that Michael has a sabbatical coming up. And this year, and we'll talk about this a little bit, we've got a, a three-month sabbatical for Michael coming up. Yeah. Just as a first pass, I do want to say that I don't have a gym in my life. I do have an executive assistant who works a little bit, and I manage to take time off. So I don't want people to think that having a gym in your life is the only way to make this happen. Uh, we can talk about that a little bit. But as a first pass, just idea as Keeper of Michael's Calendar, Jim, what are some things that you start to do right away to help facilitate a successful sabbatical? I think the first thing that we do, and if you haven't done this, if you're trying to do a sabbatical this year and you haven't planned it out yet, that's totally fine. But what we do is we know that Michael's going to be taking a sabbatical for that year when I'm planning it in October. Um, so October 2020, when I was looking ahead for Michael's calendar in 2021, I knew that he was going to be taking a three-month sabbatical. So I already blocked those days out for June, July, and August. So it makes it a lot simpler when we get requests or invitations to say, hey, Michael's going to be gone those months, and then we don't schedule anything. So that's that's the first step, just to block it out. Um, and you kind of have to grab it well in advance, mm -hmm. too. I think part of the reason it works, you know, most people look at their calendar and they go, you know, I'm just so busy. Well, you're probably busy for the next couple of months, but mm -hmm. if you can get out far enough in front of it, and that's going to depend upon your profession. It's going to depend upon, you know, how in demand you are. But that may take a, a year's worth of planning. Mm -hmm. But you got to grab that real estate, you know, on your calendar before somebody else does. So you, so you start planning this in October. Yeah, I, I start planning the next year's calendar in October. So I start filling out Michael's calendar around October just with his big rocks. Um, so we use that analogy, the big rocks in first. And then from there, we put the smaller pebbles in. But this is a big rock for Michael to this sabbatical. And, and Michael, what is there anything that you do personally or think about? Or are you just at this point in your career able to sit back and let it happen for you? <laughs> no, I think, you know, one of the best things about any vacation or time away is the anticipation. You know, in fact, I get almost more out of the anticipation than I get out of the experience. I mean, not entirely. but you know, it's beginning to think about, for example, this year taking two and a half, almost three months off and thinking about, you know, what I'm going to be doing at that time. And I'm like giddy thinking about the opportunity to spend extended time, you know, learning the guitar or whatever it is I'm going to do, you know, the books I'm going to read. Like I was recently in Mexico just for a week and I started reading an incredible novel. And I, and I realized 
and I'm not quite finished with it because it's a thousand pages. But uh, but one of the things I I realize is how much I enjoy reading fiction. And for whatever reason, during my normal work life, I have a hard time carving that out for fiction. But I'm really looking forward to that, you know, and thinking through okay, which books do I want to read when I get on my sabbatical? So it's that kind of that that's how I think about it. How I'm going to use that time because, like Jim said, and unlike Jim, I don't have to calendar it. But if I don't have projects, if I don't have things I want to to accomplish during my sabbatical, that's when I'm going to be tempted to drift back into work. And I don't want to have that happen. So I got to be proactive and plan something else. So can we talk a little bit about communication externally, right? So you've got to be able to communicate, you know, in my case, it's clients, it it could be um, partners, it could be, you know, how do you prep everybody for if they're still at work? (laughs) <laughs> they're mm-hmm, still doing right. stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, how, I don't know if this is a Michael question or a Jim question, but how do we prepare people who are not you for the fact that you will not be there? Yeah, this is this is the biggest hack that I, I would say that we use. Um, and it's, it's a simple hack. Everybody knows it, the out-of-office reply. And the way that we do it is we have an out-of-office reply and it's a template. Michael and I have both used it. And it says, hi, thanks for your message. I am taking a sabbatical. In Michael's case, it could be a three-month sabbatical from this date to this date. Um, and then we actually give a little rationale of why we're taking a sabbatical. And we link a blog post of Michael's Dang. of why he's taking a sabbatical. Just to maybe teach someone uh, our philosophy a little bit. So we do that. And then this is this is the cool thing. We do have a person. So in my case... Jamie Hess, who's Megan's executive assistant, was my backup person. And I had her contact information. In Michael's case, it would be me when he's on sabbatical. He'll say, if there's anything urgent, here's who to reach out to. So Michael would say, here's Jim Kelly's email address. However, this email is going to be archived. I'm not going to be checking email. And I don't want to be tempted to be check email. So all of these emails are going to be archived. So when I come back from my sabbatical, I come back to a clean inbox. If your question is urgent, please reach out to Jim. If your question is not urgent, please reach out to me again this date when I'm back from my sabbatical. And that's huge because you come back to a clean inbox and then everything that has been needed to be handled has been handled by your backup person. Oh my can, I, can I give a rationale for that too? Because this yeah. is why I originally came up with this. Mm-hmm. I would come back to you know hundreds of messages, which made me dread coming back, which yeah. made me question why I even left, right? Mm-hmm. So that wasn't a good experience. Plus, as I started to work through my inbox, I found that 90% of the issues had already been resolved. You know, people don't get an answer pretty immediately. They figure out another course. They contact somebody else. They figure it out on their own or whatever. So it was a total waste of my time. But I felt like I had to go through every single message. Mm-hmm. So now what we do is just prep people that, hey, you know what? This is going to be archived. I'm not going to read your message. And, you know, I'm not going to read it when I get back. I'm not reading it while I'm away on sabbatical. So if you need something done urgently, here's the person to contact. And if you don't, if you really need me to 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 respond, then contact me after this date. And we've never had any pushback. Right, Jim? No. I've never no, had one single complaint. I think probably people respect you more because of it. Yeah, I remember when I started taking time off, I would get when I would come back, I would or when I announce it to clients, they they almost always go, "Man, what a life!" Like they, there's <laughs> like a there is like a response, like this, like oh, like they're jealous, they can't believe it. 
let's say you're not the leader. This is probably a question from Michael. Let's say you're not the CEO of a company, uh, but you're like, I'd love to take a sabbatical. How might you approach this? <laughs> How might you sell this concept to uh, your manager, your your CEO? Well, the verb sell is the operative word, mm-hmm. right? Because you're going to have to sell it to somebody, which by the way, is a life skill, a life strategy that everybody ought to know how to do. If you can sell your boss on your ideas, you're going to be successful in your career. If you can't, you're probably going to be stuck. So this is just one more opportunity to sell your boss on what's in it for him or her for you to take a sabbatical. And that's exactly how I would approach it. We can link this in the show notes, but I basically have got uh, a couple of articles on how to sell your boss. And I don't mean you know selling your, your boss to somebody else. I'm talking about selling your boss on an idea, but uh, I've got a couple of articles on that. But you got you to gotta start from the premise, how does this benefit my employer? Like if I were to take 30 days off, what's in it for them? And you might be prepared to negotiate what that would look like. But I would always, 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 and this is really the key to my success in selling anything, I always set it up as an experiment. Mm-hmm. So you might say to your boss, for example, like maybe you've never taken a two-week vacation. And so you would start by saying, hey, I want to take a two-week vacation. Yes, all at once, two weeks, you know, contiguously or whatever the right word is. And um, and here's why why I think it'll be a benefit to the company. You know, so start there. If the next year you want to take three months off, now at least you've got the track record of the two weeks and what happened. Because to get somebody back, like Jim came back from his sabbatical, mm-hmm. all restored and refreshed and rejuvenated and all the other R words we can throw at it. <laughs> You know, he was he was ready to go and he was his level of performance was higher as a result of that. So that's where I would start. And and don't feel like it's an all or nothing thing. You know, if, if you're used to taking a week and you can take two weeks, that'd be awesome, or ten days, or whatever it is, just to incrementally keep bumping it up. So we should start to wrap this up. I hopefully people have created space in their brains. And I have to say, I've said this story before. It took me a long time of recording this show, sitting in a room with Michael and Megan before I was like, oh, well, I can use the planner. Like, that's for me. Like, that took a long time. Like, there's an emotional block sometimes. And then the same thing with the sabbatical. I was like, that's not for me. That's for the other achievers. That's for these other fancy people. And I'm hoping that people listening can go, oh, that can be me. I just have to say it out loud. <laughs> I'm taking time off. Mm-hmm. And now let's try to make it work. So, Michael, you're going from one to three months this year, which I'm sure was another similar move of like, well, I'm just going to take – you had to say it out loud to to, to right. manifest it. <laughs> what are you going to do with this time? You mentioned you're going to read some books. Anything else? Yeah. Well, I'm seriously into fishing. And I'm planning to do a ton of fishing this summer, we happen to have a lake house with a dock and with a boat, and I'm planning to spend a lot of time on the water. So yeah, that and guitar lessons and reading a lot of novels and a little bit of travel. We've got we've got some trips that we're going to take. You know, we're not going away for three months. And one of the things is it turns out we love our home. And so it's a little bit of stress or pressure to be on the road, especially like if you're changing hotels a lot or like we were, you know, moving through Europe at a different location almost every night. You know that's that's a that's a different kind of time off, yeah. and we just like the rest of being in our own places. Now, but I guess the question I probably should have asked first was why? Why are we going to three months? 
Because I can. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, seriously, you know, I, I think one of the reasons was that, as as you all know, and most of our listeners know, um, I made Megan the CEO of the company in January of this year, 2021. And I felt like, first of all, I could take this time off, but this is one of the benefits that I didn't mention when you asked, and it probably should have been the top one. It's really good for the business when the business is not dependent upon the business owner. Mm-hmm. And I, we could spend an entire episode on that, but things happen, unexpected things where people are taking out, you know, whether, whether it's a, you know, it's a paternity leave or a maternity leave or an illness or somebody just wants, you know, to, to move into a different role of being an owner, not an operator. So regardless of what it is, you want a business that's not dependent upon you. And I would say, even if you're not the business owner, even if you're, you know, leading a department or whatever, if the division, if that department is so dependent upon you that you can't step away, honestly, I don't think you're doing a very good job as a leader. You want that to be able to fly without you so that if something happens, the business isn't interrupted. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, well, let's we gotta call it there. And you're going you're gonna be gone. You're taking be a gone. podcast about a sabbatical too. So now I got a couple of weeks and I'm history. So uh I don't know if there's last words, Jim. Michael, any last words, any encouragement for people at home to, to, to make this happen? Yeah, I think if you've never taken a sabbatical, definitely try and take one. It's amazing. Uh, just being able to experience it last year, I came back a better worker, a better husband and a father, I think. And that's what we all hope to be. We just want to be better people. And this time away really does that. You're able to get a different perspective than you are when you're just doing everything normally that you would do from nine to five or nine to three in our case. You're able to really take a look at your life in general as well as restore. Um, so definitely try if you're hesitant about it, take that one week, take that two weeks and then go from there. Uh, Michael has experience with encouraging his doctor who never thought that she could take a week off or two weeks off. And now she's taking a month sabbatical as well. So treat it as an experiment. And yeah, what would have to be possible for you to take a sabbatical this year? Yeah. The thing I would say is I I can remember several years ago, maybe it was more than a decade now that I first read Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek, Mm -hmm. which absolutely rocked my world. And you know, one of the things that he says in that book is that the typical model is you work like crazy. You don't take any vacations. You work really hard. And then someday you retire and then you get that time away, you know, that, that you weren't able to take when you were working so hard. And one of the things that he proposes in the book, and this is kind of the big idea of the book, why not take sort of mini retirements along the way mm-hmm. instead of waiting until you're too old and decrepit to enjoy it, you know, start taking those vacations and those sabbaticals now. And all it takes is a little planning. Honestly, I think this is something that almost everybody can can do. Certainly, if you're a business owner, you absolutely can do this. But almost everybody else could do it too with with enough planning and foresight. So I just think it's it's worth doing. I, uh, trust me, your quality of life, your enjoyment of life will be exponentially better if you do this. All right. Well, thank you, Michael and Jim. And I don't want to take this job from you, Michael. You're going to be gone for a little bit here from the podcast. So why don't you close <laughs> it up one last time for now? No, I think you should do it. I thought that's where you were going with this. You were oh, going to close it up. No, I don't know how to say words. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, here, I'll, here. So we'll go. So, so something like this. So Jim, Michael, thank you so much 
for joining us talking about sabbaticals. Hopefully our listeners get some great insight and advice and they go try it. And uh, we're going to be off for the next month. Uh, We'll be playing replays, but we'll be back with Megan and some wonderful guests in July. So until then, lead to win. There you go. You did it. I did it. it. (laughs) Right there's my backup plan. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by the Full Focus Planner, recently named Best Daily Planner by Forbes.com. Created by Michael Hyatt and Megan Hyatt-Miller, the Full Focus Planner is your ticket to greater clarity and unparalleled productivity. It's already helped over 200,000 achievers reach their most ambitious goals. And now it's your turn. Get yours today at fullfocusplanner.com.